0: To answer the question for yourselves, do you have a story to tell?
1: Okay, and it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today I've got with me a wonderful woman by the name of Lynn Stringer, and it's someone I've been wanting to speak to for quite a while because Lynn does the very thing that I think I'm brilliant at and I'm actually very bad at. And it's called editing. Uh, For all of you who know anything about indie publishing, the first piece of advice that any of us give you is get yourself a professional editor because no matter how many times you read your stuff, you miss the mistakes. And I have a case point. I've been putting up a little series of podcast interviews in the last few days. And I think I'm rather brilliant. And my daughter will edit them for me and go through them. And there are glaring mistakes that I've read 10 times and those mistakes are just there. So good good evening, I've got to tell you it's 7 o'clock or 7.30 at night, 6.30 at night here and um, here in a a good downtown Australia and Lynn is waiting very patiently for me to let her get a word in edgewise and anyone who knows us know that I don't like to do that. Um, So welcome Lynn.
0: Thank you very much Mel, it's great to be here.
1: Yeah, and Lynn, I'm very keen to talk to you um, about the editing process, but first of all, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, just so that my listeners have an idea of what you're about, or where you've come from, where you're going, all that kind of stuff, so that they can switch me out and tune in to you.
0: Sure thing. Um, Yeah, I've been working with writing ever since I was a child, really. I've always loved writing. My father's a writer also. and. I I gradually got into it more and I actually studied a bit of journalism, became the um, editor of a newspaper, just a small one, um, which I was the chief journalist for and editor of for seven years. Um, After that, I um, started working with a company called Wombat Books, doing some editing. First, I was editing nonfiction works for them. Then I started editing their fiction as well because I just seemed to have uh, a knack for, for being able to do that. And... Um, I finished up working with them as an editor, although I still do some freelance for them when required. But I finished up that last year and started working for Amanda Greenslade at um, Australian eBook Publisher, who I believe you had on the show recently as well. And now I do editing for her. I also do my own private editing work as well. Um, it's, it's not an easy task because, as I like to say, um, an editor's job is to tell you your baby is ugly and needs plastic surgery, which no one likes to hear. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, look, Lynn's never said that about my work because otherwise I'd just hit the off button. She's, she, she can actually say <laughs> that my work's beautiful before we start. But the truth of the matter is Lynn and I were having a brief conversation before we started tonight. All of us, um, even the best of us, even English teachers, miss the most basic of things when it comes to reading our own work because it becomes very familiar to us. Yes. And that's why I've got Lynn on here tonight because I'm guessing that all of us are keen to hear what an editor's got to say, what our editors see when we send off our manuscript saying, can you just give this a quick tidy up before I upload it to um, Amazon to make oh the Yeah,
0: so <laughs> Lynn. Uh, that, that, is, sorry, yeah. that is the phrase I hate hearing the most. <laughs> yep. I'm about to upload it. Can you just quickly check it? Because you don't do that. <laughs> um, you've got to take editing seriously and you need to have if you're going um, self-publishing, you need to have at least two rounds of editing and preferably far more before you can even be sure yours is going to be correct because so much may need to be done, especially if this is your first time. But even if it's not too, you need to be um, someone who's going to be able to, to cope with the criticism you're going to get too and be aware that um, the editor, while we might say things that you don't like, our goal is to make your book better And you've got to be prepared to put the time in to getting an editor and being aware that once they've edited your book once, you don't upload it to Smashwords or Lulu or wherever the following week because it's not going to be ready that quickly. It's a long, drawn-out process if you want to get it right.
1: Yeah, I'm just making a couple of notes here as as Lynn is giving us that very brief introductory nightmare scenario of <laughs> waiting. Um, my students, no one likes to do that. Yeah, my students at school uh, they think that they start at the introduction, go through their three paragraphs, write their conclusion, they'd submit it and get an A. Um, but as teachers, we know that's not the case at all. As writers. We like to think that our manuscripts have gone through and I know with my own manuscripts they can go through a dozen edits and I think I've picked up everything and I would like to think that I could just send it off to someone like Lynn and give it one go over and that would be enough. But Mm. my own experiences even with The Miner's Wife and it was with Australian eBook Publishers I think there was something like four hundred mistakes after it had gone through yeah. the editing process, um, because there's different um, levels of editing. Yeah. If if for my re- or for my listeners who are just starting at the very beginning, and you get a call saying, "Can you just give my manuscript a quick edit?" How do you go about saying, "Well, I can," but
0: I have to be very tactful about it, because as I said, it's it's what, writing is probably one of the most personal things we do. It's it's an extremely personal thing and it's very easy to offend someone with, with things like that because none of us like to hear that what we've crafted so carefully and edited ourselves 15, maybe 100 times, if you're like me, um, might not yet be perfect. And so you do have to be very gentle and try and make people understand that um, it can be very difficult to get it right you can, may have had problems, especially with the plot as well, that you might have missed something because you're in, you know, you've, you've got what you think is a logical sequence of events, but you may not realise that you've missed a spot that your reader is going to pick up on. And um, so I, I, my job is to tell you about those things. The goal being, of course, to to get it fixed up before it goes to print. I I have one of my my regular private editing clients, she put a testimonial on my website and said um, that she was amazed that I gave her back her manuscript and I found timeline errors, plot inconsistencies, structural problems, as well as all the grammar and spelling and everything else problems. And this was on a manuscript she was about to send to the print. But um, she sent it to me first and suddenly I sent it back and she goes, oh, my goodness, look at all these things. She's right, the plot doesn't work. So she had to do a rewrite to fix it up. So it's it's amazing what you don't see because you you, you think you know it but there can be things you've missed and that another eye, an objective eye, can pick up.
1: Yeah, um, I know from my own experiences I guess that there are things called story edits and line edits Mm. so they're two completely different things now I don't know whether the charges are different um but
0: yeah it depends who you're going with um and what they do personally I like to just try and do the whole lot my in one go and with with some manuscripts that can be really tricky because there's often a lot of things to deal with and those are the people who I usually say. Um, you have to come back and have another edit because there's probably things I've missed because I've been so distracted by um, by other elements. But I find it impossible if I'm reading a book and I say I find a structural problem with a plot, I can't stop myself from doing other editing at the same time. Like structural edit means that an editor will go through your manuscript and look at the plot and characterisation, make sure it's paced right, make sure it makes sense, make sure you're communicating it well. What we also call a line edit or a copy edit, as it's also known, means we go through the manuscript line by line. We make adjustments for what we might think might work better. And they are all just suggestions. But, you know, if you come to me, I will actually probably put words into that I suggest you change it to because I think they communicate what I think you're trying to say more effectively. And so you go through it line by line, which is why it's called a line edit, and you Make adjustments to try and make the flow work. And um, that's something that I usually do, like I said, at the same time. But some people will do those individually and some manuscripts will really require a structural edit, which is best to get done first, and then a line edit after that. Um, Then after that, you should also have a proofread as well, which is just looking for spelling mistakes and grammatical errors and punctuation problems. You may find that you need... um, a couple of rounds of those ones as well, especially when it comes to if your, your book has significant structural problems, like if your plot doesn't work, you might think you fixed it up, but you might not have fixed it up at all. So you might need to come back for another round or even another round. But it depends. Every manuscript is different and the problems in them are always very different as well.
1: Yeah. And we've got to remember that uh, right at the top of the page I've written here, your aim is to make our stories better.
0: Absolutely,
1: um, now, as indie publishers, we pride ourselves on being as professional as we can be, and i I personally think that the standards are improving daily as as we hire uh cover editors oh sorry, cover mm. designers, editors, graphic designers, all the kinds of people that put us right up there with anyone else because, as we know, a reader doesn't care where the book came from as long as it's a good story. That's um, so they don't know to look inside the cover and say, oh, gee, that one's a penguin one or that one's this or whatever. Mm. They just mm. care about a story. So it's our job to make sure that our books look as professional as the next person's on the shelf. Uh, and that came as a huge shock to me that we had to go through story edits or structural edits, line edits, copy edits, and proofreading. Yeah. There's a cost that comes with that. Yes. Um, and as professional writers, and like professional anything, uh, education quite often isn't free. Uh, yeah. Lifelong learning is something as writers that we need to embrace. Uh, cost-wise, uh, now I know I'm going to talk to you in a minute about what you have to do to to make yourself the best person to for us to come to. But as a writer, what can I look at? And I know costs vary hugely. I've got some horror stories about what happened to me when I went to America for some of these things before mm-hmm. I found Australian ebook publisher. Um, mm-hmm. I was very wary by the time I got to poor old Amanda. Um, Cost wise, <laughs> yeah, um, what are we looking at if we wanted to put our story through the rigours of those
0: three rounds, per se? it depends on who you go with and on how many rounds are required it is definitely not a cheap business um i am to the cheaper end of the scale definitely although i'm being, thinking of putting my prices up because it's it is an incredible amount of work to do and considering i do the whole edit everything at once it's very time-consuming and with some manuscripts it can be extremely taxing mentally so so i might be doing that but i haven't yet but um you can you can honestly, if if you want to make sure it's done properly, be prepared to spend at least a couple of thousand dollars, depending on the length of your manuscript. Um, but and some people go, oh my goodness, no, I can't spend that kind of money. We had because I work for Australian ebook publisher, as I said, we had someone the other day who's self-publishing their their book, and they um, they're spending thousands of dollars having their book published. And I said, to, she said, I, I'm not sure if I need a proofread or not. Can you just check it and see if it, uh, it needs? And I, I had a look and her book has significant problems. It's completely written in, with telling. She doesn't show it all. It's shockingly bad. And so I'm going, I have to tell this lady that I think she needs uh, a proper edit. And so I said very gently, "I think it might be a good idea if you get this edited properly and more have more than a proofread." Oh no, 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 no! I can't. I, I've had this, and this is something else I want to mention. She said to me, "She'd been, she'd had other editors mentor her." So this is something you do need to know too. There are editors, and there are editors, and some editors are unfortunately not that great, and you need to make sure you. And it's hard because it's going to be hard to tell who's the good one and who's the bad one, but um. There are editors out there who have no idea what they're doing and I couldn't believe it when this lady said she'd been mentored because her book was really not very good. And so I said to her, I, I still think you really need a, um, a um, an edit and she in the end wouldn't even go for the proofread because it, of the cost and now she's going to spend thousands of dollars producing a book that is really, really bad <laughs> and it's it's heartbreaking for me as an editor because being a published author myself, I know how savage reviewers can be. And my job as an editor is to be savage before you get your book out there. So hopefully the re- reaction can, will be less savage. I'm not saying you will never get a bad review because that's inevitable. But um, but the better your book is, the less likely that is. Yeah. And if you've got to be willing to spend the money. And if it means you have to take longer to get the book out, then so be it. Because it's better that you wait until it's ready before you spend all the money and find that you're left with a garage full of books that you can't sell.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you from experience that um, I think The Miner's Wife, now we'd have gone through the whole rigorous PhD pro- process, which, you know, I had a professor working with me and I know by the time my book got to Australian ebook publishers, I thought, oh, that's okay. Um, and it cost me another $5,000 uh mm-hmm. to to even bring it within Kūi of what we wanted now mm-hmm. i'm an english teacher i read it with a fine tooth comb um australian ebook publishers went through it um, amanda and her team went through it and even at the end of that we found another 400 they were proof edits edits they were small things mm-hmm. uh and that's with a professional team working on it so look this does need to happen. Um, I'm, I'm for one. I'm absolutely convinced uh, that that it needs to happen, and it's as you said, telling first time authors that their babies got web feet that breaks their <laughs> cotton picking little hearts. Yes. Um, but when your book is out there, I've got some um, middle grade novels out, and again, Amanda from Australian Book Publishers said, "Look, Mel, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but your structure is crap." And you need Mm. to go back in. And I think she charged me something like $600. And a couple of conversations. That's really cheap. Yeah, a couple of conversations. She said, Mel, have you done those edits yet? And I'm going... No, I'm I'm (laughs) going to.
0: Procrastination. Yeah, I just want to
1: bury that one in the bottom drawer and I'll, you know, I'll move on. Uh, Mm. But, you know, without the professional expertise, we may as well not call ourselves publishers and we may as well not Mm. try and compete on a professional level. Uh, Now, I know I've been dealing a lot lately with uh, romance authors and Mm. here in Australia we have a really, really strong contingent of um, published romance authors with traditional publishers and they talk about the edits and they talk about their book a year and they talk about um, working with teams of professionals and it's time-consuming and
0: it takes uh, a lot of effort. And they would they would still have mistakes in it at the end of it too, just to say because oh, yeah, very yeah. few books ever get through without any mistakes. So.
1: Uh, and that's ab- absolutely right. But they're mm. lucky that they can ship their stuff off and have mm. someone else worry about all that. Then they come back and make the changes, and off they go. The yes. problem that we have as indies is that we're in charge. We're business. We wear our business hats as well as our writing hats. Um, the pressure is on, as we all know, to write quickly, write regularly and publish often. Uh, so we're very much relying on people like yourself, Lynn, uh, as independent editors. Uh, but people still hesitate
0: to pay, pay that mm. price of, of a professional. Mm. And they, they need to you need to you need to get over that really is what I have to say. Because I know so many people who have spent five thousand dollars getting their book published and then have have not been able to sell it because it's bad. It's terrible because they haven't taken that step. And I I, I remember what you mentioned earlier that you think education is getting out there and people are realising more and more that they need to have editors. And I agree. I think it is starting to to get out there. But there are still people um, who clearly haven't got the message or at least think it doesn't concern them. They think, oh, you know, of course, that's for the person who's the hack. I'm the professional here. I know what I'm doing. I don't need an editor. It's all just good. And that's the worst kind of client for me to deal with too because quite often people will send me their book and expect me just to rubber stamp it. You can tell that's what they're expecting. They expect me just to go, oh, I've found a couple of little spelling mistakes. You're all good to go. And instead I come back and say, okay, now there's this problem, there's this problem, this problem. And you can tell by the way they react that they were not expecting it and that they don't think that I'm right um and that becomes extremely difficult to to convince them but everybody needs editing even editors need editing I myself was recently in a um an anthology I wrote a short story for an anthology and there were um I think three or four of us who were editors who wrote stories for it and um <clears throat> I wrote a blog at the time one of my blogs was titled even editors need editors because I um I was writing my story and I thought, oh, it's pretty good. I think I've got this pretty tight. And I sent it off to the, the woman who'd been charged to be my editor for that. And she came back and said, okay, repetition here, repetition here, repetition here. And I'm going, oh, okay, I missed that. Mm. <laughs> and then she herself was edited by someone else. And she came back to our Facebook group and said, it seems I found, discover, just discovered, I start up a lot of sentences with the word well which she hadn't noticed. But, yeah, she apparently had well. Her dialogues were starting with the word well over and over again, so she had to go through and take them all out. And so we were all laughing and talking about how much even we as editors, it's our business to make books perfect or as good as they can be. But we still, if it's something we're writing, we still miss things that are, are basic. And you get it back and you go, why didn't I see that? That's the whole point. I didn't see it because I saw it only as I expected it to be, and so I missed the implication of, of what it um of where it fell down and as a writer you do need a thick skin because as I said earlier you will get bad reviews um so you need to learn before the book's published to be able to take some criticism and and I mean I'm not saying too that everything an editor says is what you need to do I I have had a couple of disagreements with some people who've recommended something structurally in my books and I've said I i I'm sorry I don't agree and I have rejected it but I always take it very seriously and I consider it and I try and and I try and push my ego aside and say is what they're saying valid view it as objectively as possible if I feel that yes it is necessary for that and they're right gets changed if not I might say okay I I don't agree in this case I think it's a difference of opinion not of quality and I'll say I'm going to continue with the story as it is so you can do that but um, certainly for first-time authors I would recommend that they they take things very seriously that an editor tells them and not just say well of course that's rubbish because I you know I know what's right for my story yeah that's right to a certain extent but, um, ultimately, it's not always right, and sometimes you just need to take a step back and say, "Is this advice I need to heed
1: yeah and and I think we all can do with some advice when it comes to mm. this kind of thing. I know there's a thing out there, and I haven't tracked any down myself, and they're the wonderful i don't know whether you pronounce it beta readers or beta
0: readers. Oh, Beta readers, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, What role do they play? Um, I think they can be very good when you're just – getting a story together because, again, it's the same with them. Um, I think they're beta readers, not beta readers. It could be either actually, so it probably depends where you're from. But um, I think they can be helpful at the outset. And, again, there, of course, there are good ones and bad ones, I'm sure. But you can't just because I have had people do this for me too. I, ha- I can't You can't just stop with a beta reader and think that it's okay, that your manuscript's okay, that is, because most beta readers are not professionals in the industry, so they, there will still be things that they don't see or that they can't tell you about because they don't realise it might be an issue. With writing, especially writing a novel, there are a lot of strict rules these days and techniques that you're expected to follow. Now, of course, you can say, oh, I'm not going to do that. And I guess you don't have to. But the publishers didn't come up with rules like that just because they felt that it was fun to torture authors. They They came up with those rules because they recognised that books written in those styles sold better. Because that's why they do anything. They do anything to make money, to make that's that's their businesses. That's their goal in life is to is to make a profit. So they're going to try and style books that will they think will sell the best. Sometimes they do get it wrong. Um, so there are certain rules that you need to learn and follow. And I don't think all beta readers know about those necessarily. So they're not necessarily going to be able to advise you in those kinds of areas. Professional editors are you know we're professionals for a reason we're we're in the business and we're aware of how the business is flowing and we have conversations with other editors with publishers so we know what is required and we keep on top of that kind of thing so we can help you understand um, what you need to do to make sure you have the potential of the um the best best reach in the marketplace,
1: yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. I was just playing sure. around with the sound there. I was having a little test to see what was going on. Um, <laughs> what should we look for? You said, like, you know what to look for, that you have the professional conversations. If mm. you've got my listeners sitting out there, what are some of the tips that you recommend that we look for as or before we send it to you like there's i know there's a little editing process that i go through well i know we should all put it in our drawer and come back to it two months later but now that we've got to churn out a book every 30 days i'm not quite sure how that works Um, make it two weeks yeah yeah let's just turn this thing out because you know romance writers read you know 20 novels a week and they want them all from us um can you tell us if what would be your i guess your best half dozen tips what what do you recommend we do to start
0: One of the first things, which should be blatantly obvious, but I mention it anyway because it's clear not many people do it, spell check your book. (laughs) It's amazing how many manuscripts I get that have significantly odd spelling in it. I'm going, seriously, a spell check would have picked that one up. So the first thing is please run it through a spell checker. Considering what I charge to if you're coming to me, it would be a great help to me if I don't have to fix up very common spelling mistakes from the outset that would save me a lot of time and hassle then the next thing watch some of the things you can look for fairly easy is watch for yourself when you're repeating yourself when repetition authors love to say things two three sometimes even four times over and you don't need to we all do it I do it all the time I mentioned it earlier and we'll say things like we did different, same things of this, Different, Same things, different, slightly different ways. Like we might say, I, I told her it was okay. I said it would be all right. You don't need both of those in there. You've already said it once. Just cut the second one out. And um, so cut that one. So repetition is something that's relatively easy to find. Also, if you see yourself using particular phrases, like a very common one is, I couldn't help but – if you think you've got a couple of those in there, do a, do a search on your document and see exactly how many you've come up with. If you've come up with 40, you've got too many. So cut them down to about two or three. Same things with words, um, words like suddenly, not a good idea. Try and show why it's sudden. Don't put suddenly in there. Same things, I would avoid words or words like very. Very is a, um, is a useless word really when you're writing. If you're not like if you've seen the film Dead Poet Society, it's one of the greatest ways of understanding why that's that's silly. You don't say very tired, you say you're exhausted. You don't say that you're um that you're very sad, you say you're morose, or things like that. Pick another word. If the word after the word very isn't strong enough to convey what you mean, change that word and take the very out. Same with words like really, totally. And things like that now I will say on that though that there are occasions where those are more acceptable my most recent novel I've written from the point of view of an 18 year old so I'm aware that 18 year olds talk like that so I do have to put those in sometimes but again try and be sparing with your use of it because there are usually better ways to communicate things like that um what else is something that is relatively easy to, to pick up? The, the hardest things with, with editing is things like structure because if you haven't picked up on plot problems, it can be difficult to work out how to. Probably just this one thing I did notice on a book I edited a couple of years ago. If you've got a timeline, make sure you write it down because this one person, she was – um. I think she said it was Christmas in a week and then Christmas occurred about three weeks later in the timeline of her novel. So write down your timeline. When is this happening? Why is it happening at this point? And um, make sure you've got all that information right because that's a very easy way to get get um, get tripped up. In fact, especially on rewrites, you have to be really careful on rewrites because sometimes you can change something and not realise something else needs also to be changed and that's a very common mistake and it's very easy to make um okay what repetition um yeah a lot of things like i said it's it's difficult to point out unless you actually see them there but but yeah those are the most common oh that's another one too too much description or too little um Both are common problems. I edited a manuscript once where um, it was an interesting story, one of those sort of fantasy novels and had two men on a quest, you know, the kind of thing, like Lord of the Rings style, they're off with their sword strapped to their waist and they're trekking through the forest to go and do the great deed or whatever they're doing. Um, And the bad guys saw them and they were down the bottom of the hill and the bad guys were at the top. And from the time the bad guys saw them, yelled and charged down the hill, It was seven paragraphs before they got to the bottom and I guess the guy was trying to raise the tension. What he did was was kill the pace because if they're racing down the hill at you you've got to get to the action because that's what your audience is waiting for. So just have them get there. Don't make your audience wait they will get bored and they will get frustrated. So that kind of thing is is always a good thing to avoid try don't stretch it out because you think it raises the tension it usually doesn't just cut it especially if you're in an exciting section like that but it is necessary also to make sure you've used enough description because some novels um don't and, and this can be common, too, even in contemporary novels where you don't often need to do as much description in a contemporary novel as you do in, say, a fantasy novel because your audience is familiar with your world. But you still do need some. I, I edited a novel um, a few years ago now where um, it was about this young couple that were getting back together. They had a daughter and they went off to um, to a lake to fish. Now, I imagined them when she's saying they're fishing, and they had their poles in the water. So I'm thinking they're on they're on the bank of the lake um, or on a jetty or something with their, their fishing rods. Then they mentioned the little girl had gone to sleep in the cab. And I'm going, what cab? Is it? Oh, the cabin. And that's right, the cabin. So I thought there must be a cabin on the lake or the cabin of the guy's ute because I knew it had a ute. In the next paragraph, she mentions they're on a boat. She had And I had to do it because I thought, did I miss that? And so I searched the document for that to see if I could find any mention of a boat but there was not a mention of a boat anywhere so I, I'm going okay um, obviously for her when you went fishing you went on a boat so it was obvious but for me i had done surf fishing or bank fishing so I never boat never even occurred to me So um, so that kind of thing you need to watch out for too because what you think is obvious may not be obvious to your audience so there's a real balance with getting descriptions right Yeah,
1: and anyone who's listening and I'm sitting back going, oh, my God, I've got to pay an editor. (laughs) Um, I've got a little novella coming out and I'm thinking, how quickly can you read it? Uh, (laughs) I get that back to me because I've got to get it into the guys who want to publish it. Uh, It's, look, I can't recommend enough that we use your expertise. And as far as I'm aware, professional editors go through a training course. can you tell me there's a professional organisation for editors?
0: There is. You don't you don't have to, but I'm I'm a member of Queensland Society of Editors. But that's based on my experience because I have been editing professionally uh, since 1998. But a lot of editors do have to go through training. But in my opinion, that doesn't necessarily make them a good editor. I can from a technical perspective. Personally. Um, Train, the training idea angle isn't for everyone. I am a kind of person who learns on the job and I actually I never went through a professional course for this i just learned because i i had to it was something i did and because i have a fairly analytical brain i was able to pick up on mistakes and i could focus so i think i've got a kind of natural ability for it and as i said i've been editing professionally since 1998 so that's nearly 20 years now so i think what i haven't got in in um in a piece of paper a degree i've made up for in professional experience but certainly there are courses and um, finding someone who's who's done one of those can be a help, but you know, like I said, I, I honestly believe you learn, learn editing more effectively when you're actually doing it. It's the same as anything else. Experience is the most important thing in it, um, and. And there will be editors and, and editors again. And, and not every editor suits every person either because writing is such a personal thing. And some writers will have certain styles. The editors might understand that style and be able to um, to know commun- how that how to make that writer communicate well in what they're trying to say um which is why if you're not happy with your editor you really should shop around and try and find another one don't feel you have to stay with the same one just because you always have unless it's working for you but it is great stay with them absolutely that's great but um I, I certainly wouldn't advise anyone to, if they're happy with their editor, say, oh, this person over here is cheaper. I'll use them to save a bit of money. Don't do that. If, if you've got an editor that's working, then then stick with them because you're not necessarily going to – you might save money, but that doesn't mean you won't lose more down the track if your book isn't up to scratch because they haven't picked up on things that they should have. So yeah, it's it's a very personal and subjective game, just as writing is. So it's it's always difficult to, um, to, to judge – who's 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 good and who's bad yeah and i
1: think um anyone who's followed pod podcast certainly and anyone who follows i guess our top indie authors and the advice that they give um and i think hugh Howie's uh data guys um statistics back this up in the last five years there's such a huge growth in indie publishing and to mm-hmm. go traditionally nowadays would in my opinion, be absolutely insane. Uh, So to find a professional editor, to find an agent, to find a designer, all those kinds of things. Agents, are Yeah. (laughs) I'm finding that agents now are doing the hard yards for indies in that they're bridging that marketing gap, so maybe a new word for agent is marketer. I don't know. I'll have to find an agent and bring them on and have a chat with them.
0: Uh, but finding, ex- finding agents for you, though. I tried doing that myself, and I ended up giving up. It's it's so hard.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a new breed of agent coming through, and they're no longer the gatekeepers either. I think they're now working with authors. Uh, to get them to get them out there as best they can. I think um traditionally agents and correct me if I'm wrong, it was their job to pitch to the big
0: five publishers.
1: Um, yes, whereas, that's
0: absolutely correct. Most of the, the big boys will not go through anyone who does not have an agent.
1: Yeah. So and, and notice those words big boys. I don't think the big boys are so big anymore. Um because no, they're not. <laughs> yeah once we once we can I think I had draft digital on and we've got Kobo and we've got Amazon, we've got it's, I guess the playing field is a whole lot more level than it ever was. And plus, there's a lot of different styles there. So we can, I guess, as far as reading goes, we're spoilt for choice now because there's so much out there. And as far as yeah. writing goes, we can target, I guess, our audiences a lot more widely. We don't have to sort of go for the thing that you're going to find on the big W
0: shelves um, and nothing yeah. else. That's yeah. going to be all the the stuff that's there too. That's all the really popular titles, and you can be be sure that that's going to follow, unless unless it's something that suddenly caught the public's interest in an amazing way that's something that's going to be fairly standard it's not going to be anything different really that you find in places like big w because they will only go with the popular titles there because they want things that will sell so and yeah so if you want something that's that's standard and you probably fairly predictable then go for those ones Mm.
1: yeah i'm going to move on uh because i think you have a lot more interesting things to talk about and I really wanted to get that editing thing out of the way because as I said I'm looking at editing myself and I'm looking at finding editors and I know um, my listeners would be looking at professional editing as well, and we're curious about how it all works and, and what it's going to cost us. Uh, I know before I found Australian ebook book publishers that I I paid some really dead money um, mm. and it was a bit sad, but I know we've got the, uh, what is it, the Alliance of Independent Authors now who protect us a little bit better. There's places we can go to make sure that um, the people that we're giving our money to are scrupulous uh, mm. But you, I want to speak to about the other side of the coin. You're also an author. Yes. Now you're with a publisher. I know you said Wombat Books. I think it was.
0: Yes, Wombat Books. Books Riser Press. Um, Riser Press is recently been brought on they now handle the young adult and adult titles that my publisher produces so while my i've I've written four books i wrote a science fiction trilogy that were published under wombat books but now riser is out my um, new book which is being released in october is being published under riser so yeah that's that's they're only very small press so it's not it's not a big outfit at all um so there's still a lot of work i have to do because um because, you know, you need to, well, any author should do a lot of work anyway um, in promoting their book. That's, that's an essential, and I think it's something a lot of we authors, it certainly takes us out of our comfort zone. We don't like, um, well, if you're anything like me, I don't really like going out there and saying, hey, buy my book, because it's, <clears throat> it's embarrassing. <laughs> but, um, but you have to as an author, and, and that's, that can be really hard too. Yeah, no. Um, I, I just painted
1: my books on the side of my caravan. It was much easier for me. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, anyway, so, you know, the old sandwich board, and um, then I send the kids out with a bucket. Uh, yeah. Um, did you consider or will you consider, rather than going through a publisher, would you consider going indie now? I, I notice on your website that you have your books up. Um, I guess you've got a box set there of I think it was three books for fifty five dollars or something. Are you considering yeah. in the future going indie or you'll always stick with the publisher? And I know this is this is a very personal choice. It is.
0: Well, it's the advantage of a traditional publisher is that she pays for the edits, she pays for the printing and and all that kind of thing. So so my outlay at that end is 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 virtually nil I do certainly pay some of the promotions myself because I know that she does her her best but um she only has a limited budget because she's got a lot of books that she's trying to get out there and I know how hard she works doing that but so a lot of those costs she will meet herself and then she pays me royalties so, and because I'm not exactly what you would call a rich person and I know most of us aren't but um I, I don't know if I'd have the money to publish self-publish but if A manuscript came along that she said no I don't like that one but I felt it was still worth publishing I might go that way I mean that's the thing you don't have to I I, as far as I know it might be different with the big boys but with the small press publishers it's contract based on a particular manuscript so if you produce another manuscript and you say oh I'm not going to publishers traditionally I do it myself or if they say like I just said um, I don't want to do that one then you can publish it yourself and that's no problem that's that's not going to be an issue I don't think for any certainly of the small press um, publishers because they recognize that they can only do so much and um, if you want to go out there and do one yourself I, I don't think they're going to have you know get oh no you can't do that um, at least my publisher doesn't she she knows she can't accept anything everything because because she has to be careful um, what she can she can deal with um, being such a small operation so so you know it's not I, I might do that if I got a manuscript that I think. Um, think had legs and she didn't didn't think she could publish it um but yeah it's it's not something that I've really you know I I think I've thought that yeah it's a possibility but it's not something I'm going to I can see myself doing in the near future
1: yeah and look I think with with I've seen lots since I've been doing the podcast I'm just so rampantly indie I can't believe anyone would go with anyone um and then I watched the romance writers and how successful they are and You know, I think, wow, I can see why they're doing what they're doing. Yes, Uh, there are pros and cons. (laughs) Yeah, and I've got to wind this conversation up now and Mm -hmm. I can't believe we talked for as long as we have um, about editing but I think it's something that we're all very interested in and we might have to have you back again. But just on a finishing note, I've just brought up the most amazingly beautiful cover for Lynn's latest book and it's called Once Confronted. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to put that up, I think, either on our blog post or on our picture for our podcast because it's a beautiful, beautiful cover. Exactly. Who designed that?
0: My publisher did. We actually had a huge backwards and forwards about that because at first I didn't like that cover. We had another one that we were going to go with. But then um, we got some negative feedback about that one and that one was proposed instead and I, I said, oh, no, I don't like it. Um, and then we, we we actually put both of the covers up on Facebook to see um, – if the the um, people who follow my publisher on Facebook, which ones they like the best, and the covers were neck and neck for two days, and it was so exciting to see, and that one eventually edged ahead, and I do like it now, it, it has grown on me immensely. But but yeah, it was it was a big deal at the moment because people were saying, no, I like this one, no, I like this one, and it was it was it was very interesting to see the back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: and I think um, a couple of things that Lynn mentioned there that we just haven't got time to pick up on because as everyone knows, I've got to go and pick my daughter up from dance (laughs) Um, and she'll she'll be angry if I'm late. But Lynn talked about um, putting things up on Facebook, giving them a bit of a test before we go to publication. Uh, Something that comes up again and again on the podcast is creating a bit of um, competition, creating a bit of interest, seeing Mm -hmm. what has legs. That's one of the advantages of indie publishing, and I'm guessing small presses as well now Mm. is that we do have choices and we do have some level of control um the cover that lynn has decided on is beautiful and looks like a young adult novel um Mm. by judging by it
0: pretty much um officially i think it's new adult but i think it has a a, you know a lot of appeal for young adults and actually case in point if you if you're um, interested as an author and you're thinking it's all going to be plain sailing um i've actually had some bad reviews on the book so far which has been really difficult to deal with i've had some good reviews as well and it just shows you how subjective things can be too um and it's it's it has been a really difficult past couple of weeks um, with, with this book, and it hasn't even even been officially released yet either. So it's it's um it's all pre-release um advanced copy um, uh, um reviews at the moment, and and so yeah, it's it's and this is from a book that has been edited several times by professionals, not just me. And of course, I'm a professional editor as well, so I know how to write la-da-da-da-da, I've still had four people call me a terrible writer and um, all this kind of stuff because people have different opinions on what is good writing. So if you want to... If you want to know what it's going to be like when you have a book out there, no matter how well it is, you've written it, no matter how professionally it's edited, just go and have a look at some of my reviews and you'll see that there is a wide variety of opinions of what makes a good book. Yeah. And, um, and and readers will tell you in no uncertain terms.
1: Yeah. And that whole um, new adult, um, because the girl on the cover, as I said, I'll put it up, is is a little bit older and I did wonder that when I was looking at it because my daughter's 16 and this girl on this cover is is obviously older than her. Mm. Uh, it is a very difficult market to pitch to because... um I guess the readers of that market have a definite opinion about what they want to read. I think we're opening up a whole new conversation about um, reader reviews and and what happens once our book gets out there. But I'm going to have to wind this one up, Lynn, but I would dearly love to have you come back and we could talk further. You're obviously um, on the same journey that the rest of us are and you're obviously not not shy about talking about the good, the bad, the ugly um, of what happens um, once that book gets out there. And I should imagine that a bad review would be reasonably demoralising, I guess, at the best of times. But when you put so much effort in and everything looks so beautiful and it's well written um, mm. and you can't defend yourself once it's out there.
0: It's no. Done. Uh, no. And you're not, you're not supposed to either. I mean, sites like Goodreads, um, they actually have a policy. They say do not engage in, with bad reviewers at all. So I I have no right of reply to any of these novel these um, reviewers. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to have to go and read it now. I'm going. I'm going to give it to
1: <laughs> give it to my daughter and see what she thinks. Um, as long as there's no naughty bits in it, she can read no. it. <laughs> there are no naughty bits. I, I don't. I don't do naughty bits in my books. So that's <laughs> All right. Look, it's been a pleasure, Lynn. Um it's been great to meet you. I think the whole editing process is a fascinating one on its own. I'll certainly put a link up to Lynn's um, webpage here. Um, I'm going to put the cover up and I want you all to tell us what you think it's like. And if anyone's got a review and it's a nice one, put it up. Please, uh, please, please. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Um, again, you know, we, we are, I guess, not only are we, um, I guess, Australian centric. We're a little bit Brisbane-centric as well at the moment um, and it's a big wide world out there. So we want our books to go out to the rest of the world and we want the rest of the world to think that we're pretty good. Uh, So, look, thank you for now and we'll talk again soon.
0: Thanks so much for having me.